Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. If you want to partner with us, or if you're interested in more information, head over to brave.church to find out more. There you'll see resources to help kids learn more about Jesus, discussion guides for this talk, as well as ways our Brave Compassion team is responding to needs in this season. To catch the full Brave release, including worship and other updates, check out this talk on YouTube. Now, thanks for joining us. We hope this talk helps you find and follow Jesus. Hey church, for those watching online, welcome to Brave Church. Thanks for joining us. I love you and I can't wait to share God's word with you today. I've been preaching for over 40 years now and every time I preach, my hope is that what God speaks to me will speak to you and it always speaks to me too, but I just want you to know that this week as I was preparing and praying for this message, it really spoke to me and so I'm preaching to myself today. I need this message as much as anyone else. God is doing an incredible work, but it's a lot of work. And if you're just joining us, our church is now in two locations with five schools total. I'm overseeing Valley Christian Schools and all the operations for both of our two church campuses. We are enrolling, by the way. So I'm going to shamelessly put in a plug to my Brave Church fam. If you're local, it's worth checking out. The mission of our schools and what it means for Christian education is more important now than ever. In addition, in addition to our two preschools, one here in San Ramon in Dublin, we offer TK through fifth grade elementary school, a middle school, and a high school. In fact, let me just take a minute to brag about our schools. At our schools, your children never miss a day of learning. Every child is known and loved with the best teacher-to-student ratio in the region, and our classrooms are known for incredible academics, but also a gospel-based worldview. But here's the deal. As the school year is winding down, we're already getting ready for the next one. There is so much going on. A friend of mine asked me the other day, how are you doing? He cares about me and he's concerned because uh, there's so much change so quickly and I have so much on my plate besides what I've already mentioned. The truth is, even in the fullest of seasons with Jesus, we can learn to not just survive, but thrive. And as I prayed about what to share with you today, I felt God's leading to a vision that was shared many years ago from the prophet Ezekiel. This vision came during a time of international upheaval. The first part of the book of Ezekiel was one of divine judgment. But when we get to the later chapters, his message turns to a message of hope. His word is this, is that we will one day experience revival. We will be restored and we will have a glorious future. So Ezekiel 47, it's a prophetic vision of this life-giving river that flows out of the presence of God. And wherever that river flows, it gives life. The vision starts with a man that's taking Ezekiel into this temple, and he sees this, this water trickling like a stream through the throne or from the throne flowing into the temple. And as they measure the water, the trickle becomes ankle deep and then knee deep and then waist deep and then so deep that you can swim as the river of God's presence flows out into the world. And so we're going to pick up in verse 5. It says, but now it was a river that could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? And then he led me back to the bank of the river. 
When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, region and goes into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salt water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There'll be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they'll bear fruit in every season, right? Because the water from the sanctuary flows to them, and their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Here's what I want us to see in verse 9. It says, wherever the river flows, everything will live. Do you long for more? You know, Einstein said that if you can't imagine it, you can't do it. Can you imagine a future where you're thriving? I believe that God wants us to thrive, and there have been many reasons why some are not. The quality of your life is the quality of your emotions. And there are three questions coming out of COVID that will change your life. What are you going to focus on? What does this mean? And what will you do? We experience whatever we focus on. We choose our story and we decide what we will do next. Your mental, physical, and spiritual health depend on it right now. And if we're honest, our spiritual health overall has been a bit disengaged. In the last 14 months, many people have defaulted back to their former self, their old habits, their old patterns, and are struggling spiritually. We were made to have a place to go and worship, to be with other believers, and to experience worship together. Many have lost that regular interaction on Sundays and are spiritually anemic. Yes, mental and physical health are a concern, but there's another part of who we are that is struggling too, because we are a spiritual people. Some, not all, but some are struggling with a form of spiritual apathy that has set in. We've become isolated and inwardly focused. Authentic Christianity is meant to be lived in a real physical community that you can touch and feel. Nowhere in the scripture are we told to live out our faith alone. It's been incredible to see how for many the lockdowns brought worship back into our homes. Let's celebrate what God has done in the past. But listen, church, there's a new revival coming, and it looks different. Many were blessed by what God just did, but let's not memorialize that season and try to hold on to it. Now God is bringing his church back together with a greater appreciation for the value of our public gatherings and our friendships. Now is the time for the church to be revived. If you are dry, it's time to reset spiritually. It's time to re-engage ourselves and to learn to thrive again. If you want your life to thrive as a life-giving river, write this down, number one in your notes. Be open to the change and the new things that God wants for your life. Be open to change and the new thing that God wants for your life. The Mississippi River, it starts in northern Minnesota as a tiny stream flowing out of Lake Itasca. 
And the only reason that it becomes a mighty river is because all of the tributaries that it receives as it flows downstream. Did you know that 43 major rivers merge into the Mississippi? Rivers like the Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio, Tennessee, and the Missouri all flow into the Mississippi River. It's the adding of the new streams and the new tributaries along the way that keeps the Mississippi growing and widening as a river. The river is deep and wide because it welcomes and includes other rivers. The Mississippi is willing to change, and like the Mississippi River, people who grow and thrive are willing to include others, add others into their life, and learn other streams of thought. They're inclusive rather than exclusive. They thrive because they want to grow. They want to learn and they want to become more than they are now. They're not stuck. To thrive spiritually and emotionally and physically, you have to push away the fear and stay open to the new things that God wants to bring into your life. Number two, put community towards the top of your list. Some of us are coming out of this pandemic and having spent so much time alone with new rhythms of independence that aren't healthy. God created us to need more than just him. We were created to need each other too. We can't experience the thriving life of a river without all the connection points a great river was created to have. This passage is a vision of a river that's thriving with God as its source. The river is God's presence in our midst. And everywhere his river, the presence flows, it brings life. God himself lives in community, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the three in one. We are made for community, not isolation. All around the Mississippi, there are what are called oxbow lakes. The river changes directions and many times producing curves and turns and it cuts off or cuts out new paths. But the portion of the water that doesn't stay in the mainstream is cut off whenever a new path or direction is taken. This causes that body of water to become what's called an oxbow lake. Sometimes the dimensions of the Mississippi are cut short by many miles because of the oxbow lakes. Those lakes are like small ponds which have separated themselves. Listen. You cannot isolate and thrive. With COVID came the words shelter in place. Three words that, we, that we've never seen strung together before. Think about this. We were told to isolate to live. There's not one spiritual leader or psychologist or doctor that will tell you that it's good for human beings to isolate. And yet for a season, we needed to. But now COVID, to a large extent, is over. We have a vaccine, and we are opening again. But there is an emotional delay. We've developed new patterns of isolation, and rightly so, to survive. But in order to thrive, we need to encourage ourselves to be re-engaging in relationships, in community, in church life. It's about being all in, not out. The number one cause of poor mental health is isolation. If you're depressed or discouraged or just down, we must push ourselves to get back into the flow of the river. The oxbow lakes are bodies of water that have been cut off from the life flow of the river. 
We've got to get back into the river. Come on, do I hear an amen? Amen. Verse 9. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. The Dead Sea is six times saltier than the ocean. You could say it's the opposite of thriving. To continue to shelter in place and cocoon is not a life-giving remedy for you and your family now. To thrive, we must hear the word of the Lord in Isaiah 43, verse 19. He says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. In Ezekiel's vision, God turns salt water into fresh water. Only God can take what has died in you and created a river of hope in you. Only God can turn a lifeless body of water into a life-giving source. God says, wherever the river flows, everything will live. Do you want to live? Do you want to thrive? Get in the river. God hasn't called you to be an oxbow lake. Get out of the marshes. Get out of living in the past. 2020 is over. Let me ask you, can you actually say out loud the words, COVID is over? No, you can't. Because we've experienced a long-range trauma of fear and isolation. We know people are still living in the past with the, with the things that we hear them say. Oh, oh, I didn't know you were having services. Oh, we're all meeting again? Yes, we are. Get out of the marsh. Get out of your oxbow lake. To thrive, you must keep looking for God in the new thing that he's doing. I think it's the Missouri River that when you're flying over, it, it actually runs parallel with the Mississippi for a long way before they finally merge and the two rivers become one great river. It's not easy to blend a new direction from God into one's lifestyle, but it's worth it because it enlarges who you are and what you will become. An oxbow in God's river is where God used to flow, but he doesn't flow that way anymore. I've heard that there's a town in Louisiana called False River, Louisiana. It used to be a, a river. It looks like one, but it isn't one. If you stay open and flexible and in tune to Jesus, you'll be able to move where he moves without getting stuck in the shallows. What God was asking of you pre-pandemic, he is still asking of you post-pandemic. This is one picture of what a church looks like in revival. Listen to this. They devoted themselves, Acts 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Get out of the marsh. Turn to your neighbor and say, get out of the marsh. Go ahead. Get out of the marsh. You were not meant to be your own source. 
cut off from your own church family, cut off from your neighbors and the world. To thrive now, you must re-engage. Lastly, point number three, let go of anything that holds back the flow of life. You know, one of my favorite places in the world is Lake Tahoe. And when you're driving into the northern side to the right side of the road is the Truckee River. In the summer, you'll see people rafting along it uh, when there's good rainfall. And it, it's a beautiful river. But like any river, if you look closely, you can see, you know, sticks and tree limbs and rocks and different things that, that get in the way of the current. And the current is really important because without it, you can't raft. The rafts would just sit there. A healthy river has a current that moves the water in a direction. It flows. But the more sticks and rocks and fallen trees that get in the way, the more it slows the flow of the current. There are many things that can slow the current of our lives. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. The greatest deterrent to a spring of water is when debris blocks its flow. It smothers its life-giving water. Think about this with me. Your heart, one of the biggest hindrances to the life of God's flow in and out of your life, is unforgiveness. What's going on deep inside where others cannot see eventually finds its way public for all to see. Many years ago in a lake near Seattle, the water life and plant life around and in the lake began to slowly die. And so experts were hired and what they discovered was that hidden deep within the lake, at the very bottom of the lake, in an unseen place, was a barrel that had been ever so slowly leaking toxins into the body of the water. Well, the effects weren't visible or immediate and the source of the problem was out of the sight of the public eye. At the bottom of our hearts, your heart, my heart, are things which, if left unaddressed, slowly leak into our souls, our minds, our will, our emotions, and our thoughts, and they corrupt us within us. They're not visible to everyone else until they are. Guilt, jealousy, greed, anger, pride, and unforgiveness, if left unresolved, unguarded, will eat away at your heart. Let me be clear, you cannot swim free again. You cannot thrive again until you deal with the unforgiveness in your own heart. Once you've been hurt or disappointed or disillusioned, once you hold on to someone or something in unforgiveness, your heart says, no, I'm not going in again. I'll help in the shallows, but I refuse to dive all in again. I, I don't like to swim anymore, right? I'd rather keep my distance from everyone. My, my walls are up. I'm not all in again. There's been a lot of turbulence in the church in the last couple of years. Fallen leaders, uh, hurt relationships, discouragement. There, there's a great deal of turbulence in church life. So much so that many have said, hey, this is too much for me. It's not worth it. I'll just kind of pull over into the safe, shallow water for a while. There are many sincere Christians out there and in here that are, that are scared. They're confused about what's going on in their life. And so they become afraid to get involved. 
There are hundreds of motives of why some people may be presently tied up in the shallow area where it's safe. And I just want to encourage you. The joy of swimming in the deep with Jesus is far greater than the everyday boredom of the safe and shallow water. You only have a few years on this earth. Don't live it in unforgiveness. Don't let people's sins and past hurts and ugly memories and mistakes, your sins, keep you from going deeper in him. Don't keep hiding behind walls that only keep you from real life. God wants to add tributaries to your life. Be open to change and the new things that God wants for your life. When is the last time you did something for the first time for Jesus' sake? When is the last time there's been something fresh and new that you've tried? When you felt that, that inner prompting of, of Jesus for yourself to step out of your comfort zone. Following Jesus is like a river that's forever moving. God is forever moving and adding to our lives and making us bigger and broader and better all of the time if we'll allow him to. But for every new fresh move of God, every new truth of change in our lives or in our church, we can either resist it and find ourselves isolated over in the shallows, bored, irritated, and stuck, or we can find ourselves swimming and thriving in what God is doing. If you are in a thriving, vital, and real relationship with Jesus, you ought to be able to look back at your conversion, you know, where the small trickle or stream once began, and see where God has added tributaries to your life. Your stream could be a river that's becoming broader and broader and broader. We are all together. We are mighty rivers. It can be said of us, wherever the river goes, it gives life. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 38, anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. You see, the Bible begins with a river and a garden in Genesis 2 and ends with a river and a city in Revelation 22. Genesis 2 to Revelation 22 is all about your relationship with the giver and the source of life. He offers you a river that flows from being in his presence. How many want to thrive? You want to re-engage. This is your moment. Church, it's time to wake up, to come out of our homes, to invite people to church again, to live again, and to thrive again. In the Old Testament, the temple was a place where God lived. In the New Testament, your body is the temple where God lives. God moved. He's inside of you. There may be just a trickle ankle deep today, but it can be waist deep tomorrow, and it can be deep enough to swim again. It's time to re-engage and to give your life again. Dive in again. You know, there's an old expression many years ago in church life, and it was this. You've got to get under the spout where the glory comes out. What does that mean? It means get your mind right, get your soul right, get with God's people and seek him. At Brave, we have a purpose to help others find and follow Jesus. When we refuse the people that God sends into our lives, we end up small and shallow. We become stagnant marshes, isolated in our own Christian experience, holding on to what once was instead of grabbing a hold of the new thing that God is doing. For some, 
You haven't stepped into this river of life yet. You may be like the Missouri River going parallel with the Mississippi River, you know, checking it out. You're on a spiritual quest. You're unsure, but you're seeking. I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship with you at your pace. For those that have been following Jesus, what tributary is God wanting to add into your life right now? What new thing is God doing? Don't resist what God is doing today. The river is thriving and moving. Are you? When is the last time you did something for the first time for Jesus' sake? Let God broaden you. Let him deepen your waters. The water that flowed from the temple that got deeper, it got deeper because it came from the presence of God. And from his presence comes life. It's time to thrive. I want to pray with you. Father in heaven, Lord, today I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I want to make a decision to get into the river of life. I don't have all my questions answered. There's so much I don't know. But in my heart of hearts and in this moment, I choose to place my trust in you. Would you forgive me of all my sins and come into my life? I pray for that trickle to begin right now in my heart and the river of God in your presence to fill my heart right now. And Lord, I pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, they know their own hearts. They know if there's things blocking, unforgiveness, walls, all kinds of indifference, bitterness, greed, anger, jealousy, pride, all kinds of things that wanna stop us up from the flow of the river of God's life within us. And I just pray that one by one, we would release those things from our heart, Lord God, that we would begin to thrive again in you for this new day and new thing that you're doing. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for the Brave Church podcast. If this ministry is impacting you, please consider giving to support what God is doing through our church. For questions or to get connected, please visit brave.church. We'll see you next week.